Good morning, my friends. Today, we start the exploration of intrinsic worth, identity, our own voice, our own value, and our own vision about uh, well, who we are and who we want to be in our world and what we want to create. These are essential components in healing our codependency. And today, we're going to be jumping into self-trust, its anatomy, why it's crucial that we restore self-trust, and exactly what that is. So I'm excited to have this moment with you guys today. Before we get to this, I have got to share it out real quick with the community. If you're looking for a safe haven where you can find additional tools, guidance, and support in your journey beyond codependency, come join us in the community. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. Make sure you check the, uh, uh, click on the rules link, review the rules and the structure of the group because we do not run this group <laughs> like other groups. It, it is actually quite different in the way it functions. We do that deliberately because we want to direct your healing and make it a safe place that's focused on that expansion of who you are beyond your codependency. So again, the link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and make sure you check out that link or read the rules to make sure it's a good fit for you before applying. <clears throat> Now, oh, Facebook is moving things around again. Okay, healing. There we go. Boom. So, again, good morning. It's nice to see you guys. I'm happy you're here. Today, we're going to be jumping into this idea of self-trust, why you need it, and where to start. So, in codependency and in toxic relationships, toxic systems, one of the first things that's attacked in our in who we are and what we come into the world with is our innate sense of self-trust. Self-trust is something that is part of what I call our natural state of being. Our natural state of being comprises of self-trust and natural wholeness. And our intrinsic power and authority, like we talked about in the previous episode, as well as our intrinsic worth. So <clears throat> one of the things that... Um, controlling dynamics depend on is a lack of the as a it depends on the other person not trusting themselves so it depends on a sense of distrust or a lack of trust within that uh, or with that person in themselves and their own specifically in three areas they want the individual needs to distrust their sense of things distrust the legitimacy of their reactions their awareness their senses their emotions and the legitimacy of their own lived experience. They need to distrust their natural completeness, their intrinsic worth, and they need to distrust their sense of what to do and, and how to act. This allows another person, place, or thing to fully start to control, define, and shape that individual. And abusive, abusive toxic dynamics, whether it's a family relationship, spouse friendship whether it's a system of belief you know, a cultural system things like that this is one of the first places that are attacked it's hey you can't trust yourself you have to trust me and what this does is it it's a transfer of authority so the person a healthy person has an internalized sense of personal authority and personal trust in their power. People who are stuck in codependent dynamics, they're stuck in abusive dynamics, they have transferred that power to the other person in hopes of gaining something. Usually in this kind of dynamic, 
because abuse is happening, then things are unsafe. And that lack of safety causes the person to try to fawn or appease the other person and please them. And one of the first things that they uh, target, the, the survivor victim does, is give up their power and say, hey, you know better, I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to conform, I'm going to please, I'm going to accommodate. So they become externally oriented and focused on this other individual rather than becoming inwardly focused or internally oriented towards what they're aware of, towards what they need, towards what they're sensing, towards what to do with their world, their, their action, their power, their boundaries, all of that. So this is why we are often first gaslit told that what we're experiencing isn't accurate or real. We are shamed in our feelings. We're shamed in our needs. We're guilted for having boundaries. We are put down or rejected because we say no. The things we like are criticized, diminished, or ignored. And then when we act our power out for our own benefit, we are labeled selfish. We are labeled self-centered. We are labeled um, wrong or bad in some way. This is how we are conditioned to distrust ourselves. This is how we are taught to give someone else authority over ourselves because if they're right and I'm wrong, then I can't trust my own sense of things. I can't trust my own lived experience, my own recall, my own emotions, my own intuition, my wants and needs. None of those things are trustworthy if they're wrong. And so we seek that outside of ourselves. This is how we learn to doubt ourselves, to distrust ourselves, and to ignore our value, our voice, and our own vision about things and follow someone else's directives on value, voice, and vision. This is where we either have lost ourselves or never came to know ourselves in the first place. My personal experience in codependency and in this dynamic of of, uh, distrust I was never allowed or encouraged to really know myself. Instead, whatever benefited the other person, whatever benefited the system culture I grew up in, that was encouraged. But anything else that didn't benefit it or upset it or alarmed it or made it mad, that was diminished. That was shamed. That was guilted. In fact, (laughs) I even got the the contradiction. I imagine, let me know if you've experienced this in the uh, before, let me know in the comments. But I was praised for for uh, computers, my expertise in it, my intuition in it, my gift in it. And I was also shamed for it, put down for it, used for it, and then discarded at times because that's what I liked to do, that's what I was interested in, that's what mattered to me at the time. All from the same people. And that is part of the the uh, contradiction of abuse and that's what makes us feel a little crazy because oh you want this but now you don't want this oh that's only right here but not right there there's there's really no way to effectively please the other person uh, because they're always moving the goalposts they're always changing the terms of engagement and that kind of thing and that makes us feel crazy which further deepens this sense of distrust and self-doubt in us because we don't understand what we're doing wrong. We don't understand what we're doing right. There's no way to accurately assess reality because we're so externally oriented and dependent on their feedback for what is real and what is right and what we should be doing and who we should be. 
This, this damage to our sense of self-trust is what keeps us stuck. It keeps us going back. It keeps us playing the game. It keeps us trying to control things, trying to fix ourselves, trying to become perfect, trying to become needless or invisible <clears throat> or mega independent. It's what drives uh, the, the deep shame, the self-loathing, the emptiness, because we don't trust ourselves. Now, restoring self-trust is a crucial, central part of my work. Um, in the healing or the codependency healing system, which I formerly called the happiness after codependency system, I renamed it this weekend. We'll talk about that in a moment. But in this system, self-trust is built through the entire process. And we start with one of the three core elements of building self-trust. So self-trust has three essential elements to it. Element number one is called innate legitimacy. Element number two is natural completeness. And element number three is congruence. So natural in, in element number one, which is innate legitimacy, this is about the premise of our natural um, existence. Uh, this, this applies to the fact that things factually exist. So this connects back to the sanity component of our foundation for healing. Sanity deals with reality. What is real? What are the facts? Innate legitimacy is built on the fact uh, or built on sanity. Innate legitimacy says what is real and valid to me is real. So it states that your emotions are real and valid. Your reactions are real and valid. Your lived experience, real and valid. Your capacities, your limits, your boundaries, your senses, your intuitions, all intrinsically, naturally valid and real. They're not up for discussion. They're not up for argumentation or defense or explanation. They're there. They exist, just like the tree outside my window exists, or the rock, or the bike, or you or me. We exist. There isn't an argument about, oh, is that actually real? No, it's there. It's intrinsically real. It's, that's its nature. So innate legitimacy, when we are building self-trust, connects us back to our lived experience in very specific areas. Our emotions, our reactions, our internal reactions, basically what we feel in reaction or response to something. Our senses, our lived experience, our emotions, our power, our innate value, and ultimately our wholeness, our natural completeness. If we're not connected back to our innate legitimacy, we won't believe the things we sense. We will question and doubt the things we feel. We will be at wrestle with our own power. But when we come into trusting in the innate legitimacy of these things, we start to restore and experience contact with ourselves. So if you're feeling lost about who you are, you're feeling empty, you're feeling confused about your place in the world, you're not sure about what you feel or what you don't, you question what you sense, you question what shows up in your awareness. You doubt that, that you should be feeling, should I be feeling this way? Should I be wanting this? Is this right? Is this wrong? Those are all expressions of that internalized self-doubt in the legitimacy of these things. When we pivot that, we connect back 
well, when we pivot it, we start to experience power again, peace, clarity. And through this innate trust in our innate legitimacy, we become whole again. And technically what, we be, what really happens is we begin to experience our natural completeness again because we're already whole. We were born whole. We were born with the, with the value, with the power, and the completeness of our particular person. So this uh, connects us to element number two of building self-trust, natural completeness. So natural completeness is the idea that we are brought into the world with a natural wholeness for our particular person or shape. So I'll put it like this. A triangle is whole. It's different from a square and a circle. And if we compare a triangle to a square or a circle or the functions of a square or circle, well, it's going to come up short. It's comparison, this idea that we need to evaluate two things against each other uh, to determine the worthiness or value of these individual things. Uh, that creates the idea that there is a lack of something in our world and that feeds into the idea that our worth is conditional our value is transactional and it's dependent on our usefulness or productivity narcissistic systems value productivity and discard this idea of wholeness because if if we believe in our intrinsic natural completeness then a lot of marketing out there is going to fail a lot of things we don't actually need, we're going to stop bringing into our world. And we're going to actually start acting from our power in a way that benefits us in a healthy, expansive, sustainable way. And that's going to upset a lot of people because now they can't get from you what they want from you. Instead, you're going to be much clearer about what you desire in your world, what matters to you. And you're going to be saying yes and no in a very definitive trustworthy calm clear way sometimes very forceful too if necessary so natural completeness is that we are born into the world with our intrinsic value already in place our power already in place and our work now is to discover who we are and we're going to talk about more of that in the following episodes this week i'm really excited about that because i love the work of innate value it's it's a brilliant kind of concept that it's always captured me so i'm excited to talk to you guys teach you about that so when restoring self-trust in our world we build trust in the legitimacy of ourselves our feelings wants values reactions capacities lived experience and then we start building trust in the legitimacy of our innate or of our um, natural completeness and then we start moving into embodying our natural completeness and this opens us up to innate value. It opens us up to a contact with our own sense of true self, our own voice, the vision, the desires, the expressions we want to bring into the world start to come alive. Because now we're not seeking it outside of ourselves. We're not seeking to find out what would please mom or dad, what would please the spouse or the person that we love or society or even our coach, our mentor, our <clears throat> do not do this work to please me kind of thing. We're actually looking at what do I want to bring into the world? How does that work for me? And then sharing it and seeing what happens. 
Our natural completeness is where we find that brilliance. Because now we're not doing something to try to create wholeness or worth in our world. We're doing something from the expression of our wholeness and our value. We're contributing rather than trying to earn or prove our worth or lovability. So that's incredibly important to your healing from codependency is embracing and coming into the embodiment of natural completeness. Now, third component to building self-trust back into your world is called congruence. Let just give you a little heads up because this can be a bit blunt cake here. So, so it can it can smart a little bit. I'm like, oh yeah, I've got to really deal with that. That that it can bring up feelings. Congruence means alignment, and and we can be congruent with a lot of different things. I can be congruent with someone else's expectations and then intrinsically be out of alignment with my own. This is what people pleasers do. If I am congruent with their expectations and making them happy. And internally, I am suffering. I am empty. I am hurting myself to please them in some way. I am intrinsically incongruent with me. I'm aligned with misery, and I'm misaligned with my own peace and well-being. Important signal there. See, congruence needs to be realigned in our world because codependency has us congruent with everybody else but ourselves. Healthy adulthood, our true interdependence, is built on the congruence with our innate legitimacy, our natural completeness, our innate value, and our, the use of our personal power. And this shows up in three specific ways. We have to first align our power, our use of our personal choice and action, with reality. And this goes back to the sanity component and the foundation of our healing because we've got to restore safety, sanity, and sovereignty in order to advance forward into our own personal power, our own personal identity, and purpose, and relationships in our world. So I have to ha make sure that my choices and actions are congruent with what's real. What this shows up like in real life is, oh, I'm in a relationship with person A. Person A is constantly lying to me, constantly screaming at me. They don't like me. They call me names. Then they love bomb me when they want sex or money or something. And this hurts. This leaves me confused. It leaves me empty. It leaves me frustrated. It leaves me euphoric. None of this is congruent with my worth as a person. It's not congruent with my well-being, with my own happiness. It's harming my health. It's harming my wealth, my, my peace of mind, my body. See, if I am choosing to stay in that relationship because I have a fantasy that it'll get better because he keeps, or he, she, or he keeps promising that it's going to get better, I'm incongruent. I'm out of alignment with reality. Reality is what is the pattern of behaviors, impacts, and results I'm experiencing in this relationship. And based on that, what can I predict will continue to happen? And does that outcome align with my long-term well-being and happiness? Now, if I'm in relationship with person A and that outcome is misery, then I have to own that. I have to go, okay, the outcome's misery. What do I need to do here so I can become congruent or aligned with my well-being and happiness. Let me know if this is making sense in the comments below. 
This is crucial. My choices and actions need to be aligned with what's real, which means you're going to end up leaving relationships that don't work for you. You're going to end up uh, pursuing, building, and growing, and ultimately experiencing relationships that do. You're going to leave purposes that don't work for you, like jobs, careers, businesses, and you're going to be choosing things that do. You're going to start valuing and respecting and responding to yourself from more love, warmth, and care rather than from shame, guilt, and blame. You're going to begin to look at how you act in your world and see if it's aligned with what you intend. So there's three areas of congruence. Again, uh, are my uh, actions and choices aligned with what reality is telling me? And my intention there are my choices and actions aligned with the intention I have in this arena and are my choices and actions aligned with my innate value because if the if it's yes on all of those the probability of well-being and happiness goes way way up in your world because these are not having well-being having happiness and whatever that means for you for me well-being is I have I have financial power in my world I have emotional peace I have time for the things I enjoy, the people I enjoy. I am doing things that fulfill me on a large, frequent basis. The things that don't but need to get done, I do. <clears throat> you know, like paying bills, things like that. Um, that's my well-being. That's peace to me. My happiness is doing, uh, creating things that bring me joy, that I feel joy in the act of doing. I'm owning things that do that, building relationships with people I care about and experiencing their presence in my world. Um, that is where my happiness comes in. You're going to learn what your flavor of happiness and well-being looks like, how it works, how it sounds, what it does in your world as you get to know you because these are very individual things. So there's no like universal recipe about, hey, it's happiness is a now everybody has to do the a thing that's not real that's the beauty of natural completeness is it includes and values difference because it's through difference we create variety connection and joy for ourselves and others so really important there so those are the three things we have to practice in congruence to build and complete our sense of self-trust we've got to make sure our choices and actions are aligned with our intention they're aligned with reality and they're aligned with our innate value when we are trusting in our innate legitimacy our natural completeness and our behaviors are congruent they're aligned we will feel it's not a thought thing it's a felt experience of trust in ourselves of confidence in ourselves of knowing that hey when i screw up i know i've got my back i'll be like yep i screwed that up i'm gonna fix this when we become aware that we are succeeding in something and that we are creating outcomes we want we're gonna own that that's part of congruency it's like i did that that's mine and i am proud of myself see congruence isn't just about oh the painful realignment it's also about like i made that that's mine. Congruence is like, hey, this person's asking ABC of me. I don't want to do ABC. The congruent action would be like, nope, I would not want to do ABC. Because now we're aligned with reality, with our value, and with our intent. That builds trust. 
That is the expression of trust. And when we become more experienced with our self-trust and anchored in it, the gaslighting becomes very clear in our lives, whether we're doing it to ourselves, others are doing it to us, or we're doing it to them. We can detect incongruency very, very fast. Like, we'll take the the renaming of my course here as an example. So for a little while, I have had this gut instinct that's just gnawing. It's not a big gnawing, a small gnawing. Just that something was off with this course. And I, I went through the layout. I went through through the the, um, the layout, the outline of the course, the materials. And, I, and none of that was off. And so it was yesterday. It got really loud. It's like, just, hey, you need to pay attention to this. This is out of alignment with with us and so i took some time i paused i noticed what was there i acknowledged what was there and then i began to observe it that pao approach there and i started to notice that there was something off with the name it just didn't resonate right with the intention of the course that was the issue the intention of the course and the name of the course were not necessarily congruent with what I want it to make sense. It needs to make sense. So I changed it from the happiness after codependency system, which it does produce happiness, changed it to codependency healing system, which is simpler, it's more direct, it's more like, okay, I know what this does. And it felt very good to me. That's congruency in action. That's tuning into the innate legitimacy of my sense, my reaction to this, and then looking at it from that lens of like, what is this trying to tell me? Then trusting my natural completeness meant, oh, making a change doesn't equal there was a problem with who I am or this is adding to or taking away from me. Because I'm a perfectionist. I have been a perfectionist rather throughout most of my life. So making a change always felt like an admittance that there was a flaw in me. This time, no. This is just an adjustment to something that feels more aligned more congruent, more precise. And then I took the action and did it. That's a very clear, that, that's, that's self-trust in action, my friends. Now, it's a simple one because there are some big ones we have to do. Like, <laughs> I hold a lot of space for each of you in this because generally almost every single one of us has to do this, is we realize that an important relationship in our life is incongruent with us and we have to leave it we have to end it and sometimes that is a very important crucial relationship to us maybe we're in a trauma bond with this person maybe there's a bit of uh, of love addiction involved so we have this enormous amount of emotional intensity around them and it takes a real courage to admit to ourselves that this isn't working and i gotta leave I'll leave for me. I can't be here anymore. That's the big work. You're going to find that this happens as you heal and become more of who you truly are. The more alignment you get with your innate legitimacy, specifically with your natural completeness and your innate value, these things will become more and more clear to you. And you're going to be able to make choices and take actions from it that bring you long-term well-being and happiness. But at the onset of those things, it's extremely difficult. And I hold a lot of space and care for that because I have done it several times. 
And these are the places where we really galvanize a sense of trust in ourselves because we know we can do the hard thing. And we know that we value ourselves because there's this paradox in value. A lot of times we think building, uh, a lot of times we think we have to build or create self-esteem, which is false. We'll talk about that more in the next episode. But another thing we tend to do is we think that if I'm loving myself, I'm out pampering myself. Now, well, maybe, you know, that's part of it. But where I have found a lot of real love and respect for myself was by doing the things that were hard that I knew I needed to do for my happiness, my peace of mind, my health, my wealth, my well-being. And to the great disappointment of others, some of the things I've had to change in my life ostracized me from people that I had known for 20 years. Whole communities destroyed my reputation in those communities. But I, I, my divorce was one of those things. Uh, leaving the culture I grew up in, doing what I do now versus being in IT. A lot of people were really perplexed by that. This is where we really learn that hey, I got my back. I will stand loyal to myself. And these are products. They're expressions of trust in ourselves. Trust in our innate legitimacy, our natural completeness, and our ability to take action for our well-being. This is absolutely crucial if you're to be free from codependency and the cycle of narcissistic abuse, unavailable relationships, and just plain old in life. Self-trust is crucial. So in the codependency healing system, it self-trust is interwoven through each of the six focuses that we go through because we start initially <laughs> literally out of the gate with innate legitimacy and then as we move through the course we build on natural completeness our personal power our, our congruence through personal power and you start to experience it for yourself so i'm going to check the comments here good morning guys just like like see you. Hi, Melanie. She says, this is all new to me and it's exciting. Gives me hope. Yes. Okay, awesome. That I hear you about the newness. When I was going through this myself, it was more or less like it's a disease, codependency is an identity, you're never gonna get out of it, you gotta learn how to cope. I was literally taught that. I was told that by a therapist, one of my therapists, like, you're gonna have to learn how to cope with these things. <laughs> it's just like you're really telling me I'm stuck here? Nope, you're not. So I'm glad that it's bringing you hope and that it's exciting because that is an opening for you to follow. Uh, I recommend you lean into that, trust it, see what it teaches you, see where it directs you in your world. And then you also say, I like the name change and what a great example it is. Yes, thank you. Yeah, me too. Because it's we're going to make changes in our world based on what shows up for us. And we don't have to explain, or justify, or argue, or defend it to anybody else. Instead, trust is like, this is what's happening. Here's how it's going down. And then so I usually give an explanation so people have context. Here's the context behind it. And then I go on with my life. We have that right. Because we go back to the sovereignty component we talked about in the previous episode. I have, I'm, I have my own personal authority. I'm an autonomous being, and I'm on personal power. I have the right to do this. This is something that is inborn in me, just as it's inborn in you. We have the right to change things so that they're more aligned with what feels good to us, what makes sense to us, and what we're picking up as important to us in our world. 
That's the power here. That's utterly opposite of codependency. It's utterly not people-pleasing. It's not earning love. It's not being a perfectionist. It's being in our own rhythm, our own nuance, our own voice, our own brilliance, and following that. And that's what I teach you how to do in the codependency healing system. So enrollment is open. We enrollment. We actually start class three weeks from today. So we start August 15th. Um, you'll be going through, I'm going to be teaching you these three specific things, okay? Number one, restoring your safety, sanity, sovereignty, and your self-trust. Number two, teach you how to know, love, and follow or be who you are. And number three, how to build friendships and relationships in your life. This is going to take place over 39 modules. So it's a, this is the big system that takes you from being codependent to moving into your adulthood and creating healthy interdependency. That requires time, that requires exploration, that requires experience. And so we're going to do this. We're going to take our time on this. Time is our ally. So this is not like an eight-week jaunt. This is at 39 classes taught over 10 months <clears throat> from August 15th to June 12th, 2023. And that's what it requires, guys. I have seen it over and over. Um, I have tested since 2016 different rates of progress for students and clients. And I have found that if they have a congruent, integrated system, they can make big changes fast. But fast looks like 12 to 18 months because codependency is something you have lived in and cultivated for decades. And if you can see um, huge changes within 12 to 18 months, that's, that's the goal. That's a huge amount of change in a small amount of time. Now, common changes students report getting, and I witness them getting, they actually get friendships. Friendships where there's have one student shared where she was celebrated when she came into the room they're like oh you're here here's your seat we're so glad you're here that kind of thing i've had a number of students discover build and and have are sustainable fulfilling romantic relationships over 72 of them now 54 of them are turned into marriages I have students that have transitioned from their career into a business they've always wanted to do. I've had students transition from business into a career they've always wanted to do. Those are tangible results where they're experiencing more peace, more joy, more love, more belonging in their lives. Because of the work they did that I teach in the codependency healing system, it takes all these components. It takes self-trust, it takes sanity, it takes sovereignty. It takes building safety again. It takes knowing, loving, and being who you are so that you can create these things from a place that's organic to you. And that's what I teach you how to do and guide you through doing in the codependency healing system. So enrollment's open. Link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. As well as the five-day codependency healing workshop, we start one week from today. The link is above on Facebook for that, below on YouTube for that. Come join us. I'm going to teach you the four essential concepts and practices you need in your healing journey. You can attend the lives for free and you can buy the recordings for 47 bucks. So come join us in that. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for your support. If you enjoyed this video, hit that like button, that subscribe button on YouTube and share this out to people you know would benefit from it. And I will see you guys in our next episode as we dive into understanding identity, value, voice, and vision. So I'm excited for that. Have a great day, guys. Talk to you soon.